Hey, what's up, guys? We're C Forte. And you're listening to Cabbages, a hip-hop podcast. Seriously. Gary, things aren't always what they seem in this world of broken dreams. Gary, tell me what to do. I'm trying hard to make it through. I'm looking to you, Gary, don't turn your back. Because in my heart and my soul, I believe that I am a class act. Oh, for fuck's sake. Work that body, Gary. Is this fucking like check it out with Dr. Steve Brule? Is is this opening with a fucking Class act. Listen. Okay, all right. So I I have to start with a retraction. Oh, Oh, I okay. yeah, sure. mistakenly uh, quoted this movie at 21% on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> but it is in fact a 17. Oh, it is. It it's is even worse than 21. That said, it's going to be even more surprising when I win the episode, hands down. Oh, <clears throat> I don't really think uh, that's a given. I know you I mean, this gives you confidence. a chance to retract your wrongheaded trimmers. <laughs> yeah, nice try. Uh, no, uh, we are uh, in a establishes place where a precedent. I'm saying. still winning. I'm not retracting shit. Uh, we uh, have some really good guests ahead for this one. You know, we're mm. watching this this movie, and it's kid and play. Do you think you have a chance to win this? Yes, of course I do. Of course oh, I do, Gary. I don't. This this movie is Swiss cheese. The plot no. holes alone. No, well, it's a bad. Of course, it's a bad movie. Gary. The whole point of this is that it's a bad movie. Yes, exactly. But this this particular one is a very good bad movie. No, I recognize that you're feeling really good about fucking Gotti. We congratulations on picking mm-hmm. uh, the right side in a movie that had a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, thank you. I kudos it. to you. It look. It took me a couple of weeks to get there. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that this is a bit uh, presumptuous of you to just assume that these guys are going to like this movie. Um, oh, and I can tell you right now, I can oh, tell presumptuous. you. Oh. That sounds like a character in this movie. It sounds like one of the fucking horny teachers. In this movie. <laughs> it's the principal. Yeah. It's fucking like just. That guy had so many bats. Why did he have so many bats? And why was the bat that he pulled out for a kid uh, who he thought was the uh, was the right criminal Duncan why was it a black Pendergers. why was it a black bat that he pulled out for him oh man he picked up he picked a tan up bat and, and then was like nope i'll beat him with a black bat from his selection of bats like based on the color right. of the skin of his students jesus christ what the fuck is going on in this movie it's just so many things I, this is what this is why i don't have confidence in this film you're this gonna lose you're gonna uh, lose there's uh, so there's uh, so much good stuff in this film dougie doug alone is enough to make it a good bad movie dougie doug is incredible well, we're going to definitely spend some time talking about Tuggy Duck, but I think that you are going to be blindsided uh, by the truth of this film. The truth uh, is... This oh, is, the truth. The truth of this film is that it's fucking filthy, inappropriate, Are you Alex cringe. Suarez or Gary Jones? You know that if it was <laughs> filed for bankruptcy today... No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was the big news again. It dates the episode. Oh. I'm sorry, guys, but Infowars filed for <laughs> bankruptcy today, um, and that was just a little. That was because like, of bad because of bad views. Like Class Act is a bad movie. That's why. Uh, no, I think it had to do Trutherism. with Trutherism. Uh, I think it had to do with Sandy Hook. 
Um, oh, well, yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense, actually. It, as I sat, you know, in my breakfast nook eating my poached egg, I was just tickled by that news today. <laughs> if you're going to make fun of me using Saying words... things like presumptuous. Exactly. If you're going to make fun of me for using words like presumptuous, <laughs> I'm going to pretend that I have a breakfast nook and that I had a poached egg for breakfast instead of fucking like... Class act! Work that sick. body! Work that body! Class act! We'll be right back. Class act! Work that body! Hello, and welcome to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Suarez. I'm a music journalist and critic, and I write a twice-weekly hip-hop newsletter called Cabbages, which you can subscribe to for free at cabbageshiphop.com. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, music industry insider Jeffrey Lachlan. It's season four of the podcast, and Jeff and I are engaged in bad movie battle. We're discussing cinematic flops, cult calamities, and all-around stinkers, trading off every episode to pick disreputable films with great guests joining along the way. And so today, we're talking about Class Act, the 1992 kid and play comedy of which Robert Ebert said, quote, takes a fairly radical idea and turns it into a sitcom. Couldn't agree more, Roger. Couldn't agree more. Now, we'll get into the show in just a minute. But please, if you're listening and you haven't done this already, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And if you could rate the show five stars, that would be even better. If you do all that and write a review, we would be entirely in your debt. Thank you. I'm so excited to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is C Forte. Last year, the Orlando-based rap duo of Joe Forte and Karshawn Davenport dropped the EP-length Don't Trip, available wherever music is streamed or sold. They're currently hard at work on their forthcoming album project, Grind Time Live. Hello and welcome to the show. Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having us. Now, uh, before we get into this week's movie, I heard... Uh, uh, What movie is that, Gary? It's a little... Class act! You're just jumping right into this. Okay. Classic. I heard you guys went to college for film studies. You guys were film studies majors. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It's the first it's the first thing you hear when you turn the, when the movie starts. They just yes. hit you with that with that hook. Like right away. And they just And then you get hit over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, dude. I love that part. song Anytime so much. Every time it came on, I was just like getting it. I was like, "Fuck yeah, it's back." It's back. Song is it great. Is- it took me way longer than I'm proud to admit that I didn't realize that that was like a song for the movie. I was it's like, for the movie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they, they definitely made this song for the movie. Mm-hmm. Like embarrassingly far into the movie. The first time we watched it, because we watched it twice for this show. The first time we watched it, I had no idea what the words of the song were because I had, I think I had one too many edibles. And <laughs> I was not quite in my own head for that first viewing of it. So I couldn't quite figure out what was happening. And Jeff, uh, was just kept texting me class act in all caps and work that body <laughs> over, in all and caps, over, over and over again. And yes. I couldn't understand why he was saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the work that body. Oh, work that body. 
Yeah, it's it's also like super sexual the theme. If you like read the lyrics, I watched the video just now before we started this, and it's like, oh damn, it's like that uh, the Britney Spears one where she's dressed up like a schoolgirl. Oh, hit me, baby! It's like that. It's like totally that, and she's just like in a bra as it should be dancing around, just being like, what the panic? It's incredible. (laughs) It's an incredible, and and of course they have like mostly clips from the movie where kid and play accidentally run into each other in a scene over and over again it's great oh Oh, well i know what i'm doing immediately after we hang up yes Mm -hmm. so you guys went to college for film studies yeah (laughs) hell yeah yeah we did i guess on track yeah 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 we both went to school up in north jersey um and studied film and it was quite the time (laughs) (laughs) it was and i mean we both actually we work in television now for like our day jobs music um so we kind of like stayed in the industry. Did you expect that your uh, your education would get you to the point where you'd be able to be on a podcast where you could be uh, expert panelists on the <laughs> films of Kid and Play? No, uh, if I if I knew then what I know now, <laughs> I uh, I'm I'm gonna send I'm gonna send an email. Oh, Dad, I was gonna call out a professor by name, and then I was like, no, people. Actually oh God, know. yeah, don't do that. Never mind. Scratch that segment. Uh, <laughs> but you guys rewatched the uh, house party movies recently yeah oh yeah. yeah it's it's wild because honestly i've only ever seen the first one in its entirety the sequels just i was like oh, couldn't get couldn't get through it i don't know why you yeah. weren't ready for the pajama jammy jam oh my god oh yeah oh <laughs> yeah um you, you want to yeah. know something crazy actually i think that class act was better than house party Oh that's yeah, controversial. No, I, actually, I, I feel like that's controversial. I think it's a hot take, but I, I agree. Oh, this is the They're like my heart ever happened to me. <laughs> oh shit. I, 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 finally, I have people that agree with me. Well, Class guys, S, guys, those? it was great having you on. Um connection's not that good today on the Zoom. I was just about to say I'm so sorry he's gonna kick you off the show. Um I don't know. And it's crazy because I saw a house party when I was really young and I loved it. Like I'm dating myself, but like um, I was like a kid when I watched it for the first time and I was like, oh, this this is like dope. Right. It's like everyone's fantasy. Go to a house party. You become the star. It's super cool. Um, And then when we rewatched it, because we threw actually a nice streamed party for C's birthday. And we kind of did all the visual aesthetics to match like the the house party, like logos and stuff. So we rewatched it and I was like, I actually don't think it's that good of a film. Like it mm-hmm. kind of almost doesn't make sense. You know who's phenomenal in it love. is uh, Robin Harris. Oh sure, yeah. Like yeah. he he was the highlight of it of the rewatch for me, mm-hmm. and I was reminded just a lot of like how sort of just like straight ahead the movie was. It really right, does just yeah. kind of go hour to hour on like what is happening around this party. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's the backstory is just kind of explained to you like, oh yeah, this guy's mom died because someone mentioned it. Yeah, it's almost all thrown away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do love a good kid and play performance though. Whenever they just like bust it down, I'm like, oh fuck yeah, they're about to bring it. (laughs) See, rewatching House Party last night had the mm -hmm. opposite effect. It's like we did the second watch of Class Act and then went right into that House Party rewatch and which I hadn't watched in years. But, and I was just like, this movie is amazing because you've just got like 
Robin Harrison, you got like John Witherspoon, mm-hmm. like just doing their acts basically. Mm-hmm. And kid and play are so Martin Lawrence cool. too, to a, to a degree. Yeah, oh, Martin Lawrence for he sure. More of a character, obviously. Yeah, but like kid and play were so cartoonish in class act that to yeah. see them saying things that felt like things people would actually have said in 1990 as they did in the house mm-hmm. party that was just so much more rewarding and also it's just yeah. funny to me that they were already they're already in their mid-20s at that point playing high school kids i and- know I was like, it, <laughs> it was 28 play was 28 mm-hmm. Oh wow! What? I'm 28. No, no, but in, in <laughs> class act, like they were like 30. They were like yeah. play, yeah. play was 30 in class act. Yeah, because yeah, first, first yeah, house yeah, party house came party. out in 90, right? 90. Yeah. Then part yeah, two yeah. came out in 91, and then this came out in 92. Damn. And, yeah, they were this, truly on fire. Well, it was a moment for them. It was a big deal. Like they had, there was a lot happening with them in the music, and then that movie was like, look, the first house party movie was a huge success. It was like a budget of like two and a half million, so like nothing. And then, mm-hmm. like it, it right. did, it did like ten times that. It was like twenty six million to the box office for an R rated comedy. Oh wow! Like, like it was such. A, and then, like yeah. it, the second one, when it came out in ninety one, the budget was doubled. It was five million, and it did four times of it. It did like nineteen million dollars to the box office again, R rated. And like, right. mm-hmm. It just says a lot that they were absolutely on a roll with being able to just yeah. like be themselves. And promote their music at the same mm-hmm. time, and everything that was happening with them, it was just. Do they incredible. have the longest streak in Hollywood history of being in a movie and being able to do a whole rap song in the movie? I mean, right, right. I was. I don't know years. of any other rappers <laughs> that got to rap in all of their movies. Jeff, I don't know yeah, if two right? years is a streak, right? They had yeah, five house party <laughs> movies. They're not in all of they're, them. They're only in four of them, right? The fifth one is like oh, only four. Because <laughs> yeah. like they the rap in, in the, the Home ones. Alone three situation, like they're not even in it. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Yeah. Did, so yeah. they don't rap in in five because they're not in even five. Yeah. But they they definitely don't rap in like three or four. They probably definitely rap in three. I think they rap in three. So that means four straight years where they could release a movie and have a whole rap song they perform while being mm-hmm. the actors. That's got to be a record. And it's all like positive. Like they they really wrapped those positive vibes. Yeah, they were like they were going so hard for that family friendly aesthetic. That's one thing I didn't realize until watching Class Act is that they were just very like not trying to be the like typical rap gangster rap that was out. They were really like you know like do good, respect women. Like <laughs> I mean, don't the whole do drugs. Don't do drugs. <laughs> I was gonna say the whole drugs. final song in uh in Class Act is like that anti drug like anthem mm-hmm. that they have even like play is kind of rapping about how he's like i don't know if i go like teetotaler like this you know <laughs> asshole mm-hmm. but you know there are things you need to do in life that aren't wrapped around drugs right yeah. right and i was like that's the weakest stance i think i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> like you should did, be able I to do drugs when you're off of work like <laughs> lifting right. a bowl to my mouth just as that song came on and oh i, I like, got oh. like well gary i knew gary had never seen it uh-huh. That song is so so special. <laughs> like the the way that we're supposed to believe that one kid cannot rap at all until he yeah they don't even practice has never walked dancing down a rhyme. I mean, I maybe he has because he's a smart he's a nerd and he likes poetry or something. But it's not explained that way. Mm-hmm. No, I think and they were going for the uh, kid the... who is you know Blade Brown is known as this like 
rap dude too right right somehow but that's explained like in the first Polly Shore scene but no 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 before. don't fucking bring up Polly Shore we are way too early Polly Shore literally came out of fucking nowhere he was a delight was like, what <sighs> first of all I love Polly Shore don't get me wrong Polly yes. Shore is the fucking tits Polly but... Shore we forgive <laughs> you for Biodome we do. oh god Specifically because of this movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this, right? was your, this was your redeeming ticket. He was like getting it up there. <laughs> no, when he shows up on screen, and again, I tell you, my first viewing, I had one edible. Too I many. was, I was just like lighting, just smashing bong hits as yeah. each scene started. And I was like, oh god, Gary's gonna hate this. Oh god, <laughs> like I totally, yeah. I had forgotten Folly Shore was in it until about five minutes before. I was like, oh wait a minute. Oh, this is going to be incredible! And <laughs> Gary's reaction had everything I needed. My body was not yeah. ready. My body was not ready for it. <laughs> he wasn't ready for it. At all. <laughs> it's I like had the same exact reaction. I was like, "What the fuck is Pauly Shore doing on screen right now?" <laughs> yeah, right. There's just no reason for him to be in this movie at all. <laughs> no, it's alright. He shows up, and that's the point where you know that this movie is officially off the fucking rails. Yes, one after I swear to God, as soon as he shows up, the best part of the movie begins. Mm-hmm. The final act, which is just a giant. I mean, the second hour cartoon. of this movie. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I did notice that the pacing, uh, like, changes about halfway through the film, like hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the all of a sudden, like, oh, it is fuck, an action like, comedy. Far. We got to speed it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are guns, the last, like, car chases. Like Ride it becomes an action comedy. The one shot where they're all like on the payphones calling their moms <laughs> to tell oh, them why yeah. they stayed out so late. I love that shot. It's all one shot when it like pulls out. And Uncle Theopolis. Theopolis. Yeah. <laughs> he said, put a cup to your ear. <laughs> put a cup to the phone. <laughs> that seems I was incredible. like, oh shit. And I just, the fact that it was, I don't know, I'm still blown away the fact that they did it in one shot. They just like pulled out and then push back in when he jumped in right. the car. I was like, fuck yeah, that's cool. And they all were on point acting-wise. You know what caught <laughs> me so off guard was like, obviously we're learning about each girl that they're interested in. And the one girl is like, oh, I work at the Wax Museum. I genuinely thought that was going to be like a one-off, oh, that's just a moment. And then mm-hmm. like it was such a pivotal scene to take place, not just like in it, but like a complete top to bottom exploration of the entire blueprint of that building. Like <laughs> schematics and all. You, okay. For real. But you, like you know what events at one part. So they're running away from like the bad guys, like right. And then she goes, Yo, I know a shortcut. Like, bitch, a <laughs> shortcut to where you're what? running there. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are you? Is it a race? Like, I don't <laughs> oh my god, it's the most Scooby Doo thing ever without Scooby Doo right? actually jumping out on the screen and being like, literally. Well, that was the one moment where I was just high as fuck when I was watching it, and I was like, hmm. It's, right like, into... it's like Harold and Kumar when the scissors hit the floor. Oh my god, <laughs> they run into that is an apt comparison. They run into a whole area that's like a subway that's it looks really interesting. I kind of want to see what the wax sculptures are on the subway, and then <laughs> right. everybody runs in and immediately smash cut, they run out, right? There's no more explanation of what happened. Do they run into each other? Nothing. Everyone's mm-hmm. just fine and still running. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like half a second in between. I looked at it. I was like, that can't, 
that can't work the way they think it does. <laughs> the final scene like, starts. It's a movie. It starts with them realizing, uh oh, the the bad guys are here. Which like, how like they were just waiting for the bad guys to get there. <laughs> right. You just go and like rest. You don't call anybody. You don't try to like get a parent involved. Like you just <laughs> called your parents to tell them everything's fine. Right. Yeah, right. Go hide I mean, in a wax museum. Yeah, but like <laughs> wait for gunmen. Our gunmen to come and kill you. <laughs> you're waiting for Mink and Wedge to come fucking murder you. <laughs> murder you. <laughs> and it just Literally. there's a reason why it goes fucking full Scooby Doo. Yeah. And the reason why it does that, the reason why this oh, movie no. is so constructed in such an odd way, where the first half feels like a very different movie than the second half is that the people who the screenplay are credited to, mm. Cynthia Friedlob and John Semper, their prior and subsequent writing work is for children's television. Yeah. They oh, wrote wow. for like, oh. they, they both wrote for Fraggle Rock and the Snorks. One of them yeah. literally wrote Scooby-Doo episodes. Mm-hmm. Holy oh, shit. Cool. And they're also the same duo behind uh, 1990s uh, short-lived eponymous kid and play Saturday morning cartoon. Damn. They got a cartoon. You didn't know what the kid and play cartoon? I didn't know what the kid and play cartoon. And they're they're teenagers in that too, which is kind of weird. Thirteen episodes. They're like thirty-five by that point. No, it's before this. It's before this. Oh, it's before this. It's two years before fucking class act. I had no. Oh, so they were only twenty-five. Wasn't it like right after house party? It was right after house party, and it was their way of starting to like make them more accessible to a younger audience who would become interested because House Party was such a success. Mm-hmm. Huh. I read somewhere that, uh, like, the Fresh Prince was, like, Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff were supposed to be in-house party like they wrote it for that i absolutely can see that right it makes perfect sense that's a really interesting thing to consider like think will smith takes that role in 1990 mm-hmm. how does that affect the trajectory of both his and kid in place career going like what is that alternate not to right? mention if jazzy jeff is martin lawrence's character <laughs> oh, yeah true. like 90 percent was that dj rapper persona yeah we watched uh you know class act and and uh, house party back to back last night, yeah. which means we watched the the genesis of Martin. Mm-hmm. We were we were actually literally just talking about that a couple of hours ago. It's like when you're yeah. watching those run of movies, Kid and Play are the biggest stars by like a large margin at that time. And to yeah. think that just slightly after it, Martin materializes and just absolutely launches basically everyone in that cast Huge. to like superstardom yeah. and right. then kind of eventually just waver off. It's like, try telling someone in like 1990 that like that guy that was in the first the house. DJ. Be, yeah, exactly. Dragon Breath is going to be the biggest fucking comedy star in the world. Exactly. Right. It's just mind blowing. Completely insane how that worked out. And it is. It's like, honestly, like, so class act comes out in 92, which is the same year that Martin debuts right like so it's two years between house party and martin most of the core cast of martin are in the house party movies and class act yeah you got martin you got tisha campbell yeah it's uh, i forget tom is tommy's real name tommy uh, (laughs) thomas well thomas michael ford oh maybe he's the bad guy in class act 
yeah, yeah. Mink, Mink and Class Act. Like yeah. all these people who just would become these stars like momentarily, right. momentarily, basically. But no, at that time, Mink, you a kid and play with the stars. Mink is truly, this is one of my favorite parts of the film. Mink is truly going to shoot this man over like this high school kid as we're, we're supposed to believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to kill Wedge over like $30 worth of drugs. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and also like maybe maybe I missed the part. When were the drugs stolen? I like that's a dot I okay. never connected. So there's a scene where Wedge runs down the hallway after uh Popsicle. Uh-huh. Puts Popsicle up against the the wall, which bears one of my other favorite really stupid jokes where he's coming up with a, a litany of like bad things that happened to him, but really he just bought shoes with the money. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Come yeah. down, he's got brand new forces on. And it comes back, yeah. It's it's an amazing shot for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, he he is withholding money from Wedge, and then uh, Wedge gets beat okay. up by the henchman again. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like, That's however amazing. much drugs, we don't know exactly how much, but however much drugs popsicle bought is the money with shoe money is the amount that you know a pair of forces. He's going to blow this kid's head off. This kid's mm-hmm. you know, probably 19. They did not like freak out enough when the gun came out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I was the like, they're super are both looking at him like, uh, for real, dude? We're doing this mm-hmm. here? I'm so an it, accomplice to murder? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> over, over 100 bucks? Yeah. In 1990, a pair of Air Forces, just as a frame of reference, were 89 bucks. $89. Wow. That's part of the problem with this film to me is just like the tonal shifts are so dramatic. Is like yeah. you, have, you have these like c- scenes that are like the woodshop scene, which is like one of my least favorite things. I hate this part of the movie so much. <laughs> I did because it. it raises so many things about it's it's one of the two scenes that this film is like depends on that's truly terrible. And it's like yeah. it's this terrible scene, which is like oh, like first of all, he sands his ass on the sander. Yeah, right. By like by, by just like without explaining anything of what's happening and then he eventually pulls the fucking drill out on him and then like yeah. fucking mm-hmm. like that whole thing happens and it's like what the fuck am i watching how do you I- get your points across gary <laughs> well-formed sentences that's ridiculous and it, it creates one of the and you get what you want it creates one of the parts that one of the <laughs> real big questions for me is this like it, that scene is set up to make kid be terrified of play yes yeah. but yet like two days later, he's taunting playing a nightclub because like he's got on some new clothes and he's got a haircut. No, yeah. he's got the love of a good woman, Gary. I, you know what I think? It just, is? I, yeah, the best. Demita yeah, is awesome. Yeah. It's almost like like he's starting to actually like come into like fill the shoes of, um, I forget their freaking names, but like of Kate's character, I guess. Of Blade Brown, and so that. Yeah, so he's trying he's to like kind of be the, the more bossed up guy, you know, and right. he's like, oh, I got to play the part now because that's what he wants. But he's really feeling himself. He's like, yeah, this is cool, actually. And I, th- I think he's also smart enough to realize that Blade needs him to pass the classes so badly that he can't really kill him right now. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he needs someone to pass the classes. I guess. I mean, the whole thing just plays out. <laughs> I just was waiting. I stopped recording like an hour ago. We're good. Um, 
as soon as I said I like this better, he was like, click. This episode will never air. Um, (laughs) The lost episode. episode, The friends we made along the way. (laughs) The other, Jesus, the other terrible scene in this film that this movie depends on is the photo mix up. Just like how that all plays out. Like I just sit at that whole thing going like, no, this is so fucking stupid stupid why is this happening <laughs> and then it shifts to like violence in the woodshop and i'm like after these two scenes there's like zero reason for these two people <laughs> to ever be friends and the yeah, only explanation right. i can think of is stockholm syndrome that's it <laughs> <laughs> also i love that those two scenes are like sandwiched between a bit that never really comes back which mm-hmm. is like the principal secretary is furiously horny for all the children like that's in between those two scenes. She's like, there, there's some, gay. there's some people willing to risk it all in this movie for kids. Yeah, <laughs> Rhea dude. Perlman is also ready to put it down. Yeah, on Blade oh, Brown. Oh well, Blade Duncan Brown. Penderhughes, I guess. No, who she thinks is Duncan Penderhughes. Right, exactly. Why is she so fucking horny on Maine for what's supposed to be a teenage boy? <laughs> exactly. Goddamn genius. Look, it's hard, hard to get mad when the person sitting in the seat is thirty. But the whole right. conceit is that they're children. The conceit I'm, is that I they're teenagers. That, Gary. I understand. Oh, don't get me wrong. I think this is a weirdly horny teaching staff. I really do. Right. Mm-hmm. Even it's, the dad, like uh, his dad, when he goes and sees him having sex at the end, he's oh, like, oh, yeah. he's doing it with this fine girl. Like, And it's like, bro, you're like, that's your, your kid. Dad, and you're telling the girl he's having sex with that's like a teenager. You're like, oh, he's she's hot. Like, yeah, and, but then like the mom gets horny too, and they like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. fuck. Why? Why are kids' parents turned on by kid having sex? I, I, I took a couple different. notes when I watched this last night, and the last note in my in my document is, end scene with his parents was weird as fuck. Why are they horny over their kid? Yeah, dude. we also said the same. The, it's really weird what the inversion of like the normal thing in the movie is that like the like criminal kid is going to have a mom that they get in lots of fights and crazy things are happening at home. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then the other place is like peaceful and they're very good to their kid, but there's this weird inversion there where like the privileged dad is like a homophobic dick so yeah dude. who has like no need to be in the movie whatsoever except to say I really don't want my son to be gay. Yeah, to like just wedge in a few gay jokes in there. Awful. Just like an awful character. The scenes are pointless. They're just pointless and also really creepy and awful. Like, yeah, it did. It did definitely. Why are they in there? Yeah, I don't know. It's so mean spirited and dumb. And the the homophobia is like, it's like, well, because like after like watching House Party back to back, like House Party has some homophobic moments, particularly totally um, like, you know, hard F in terms of slurs. But like Mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm like, that was an R rated movie. You could not to justify it, but you could say it was an R rated movie. People are going to say things like that. This was PG 13. So somebody decided that it was, this was acceptable for a 13 year old to be like, Mm -hmm. to go and see this. Right. Right. It's a massive market. Be okay with a 13 year old to go see this and be okay with a hugely homophobic set of parents. And then all the teachers at the school want to fuck the teenagers. (laughs) Yeah, like all that shit is just like, why is this a PG 13 movie? 
<laughs> right, right. It was funny because actually C and I were talking the other day. Um, we also just recently watched Bring It On um, from 2000. Oh, wow, yeah. And Classic. that also has a lot of strangely out-of-pocket homophobic scenes in it, like hard F left and right. And I was like, we were talking about how it just really shows the evolution of, uh, I guess, like acceptability in the way things are presented in media, because like they're throwing it away for laughs and doing it on. Like that is mm-hmm. the joke. And it just, and that seemed, was early 2000s. Like, that yeah, was I just checked it came out in 2000. But yeah, Gary, like you said, just like it feels really mean spirited. And I'm like, wow, okay, I guess media was just radically different. Even just there was that. There was know? certainly the difference of the media. There's also, you know, thing with 90s rap where you're if you're sitting around listening to 90s rap you're going to catch some homophobia somewhere in there for sure a lot lot of cases but i just never associated Mm. kid and play with that same like Like, you know you go back and rewatch, and there is a lot yeah i think because it was the idea is that there were certain there were certain things that were permissible that i mean there's still some of it i mean let's not let's not mince words like there's a lot of it that's still permissible now no totally like major label rap artists being homophobic yes still to this day still still totally. pop rap pop rap has not turned away from that no it's still it's still a target it's for it very like, much so like right. we've kind of looked watching the movies that we watch because we watch a lot of bad movies and that's the whole point of the season like we've gotten to the point where like we basically just thought what's going to be the racist thing we see in a movie what's going right. to be the sexist thing what's going to be the homophobic thing what's the mm-hmm. anti-asian stereotype like what's going to be the anti-latino stereotype like what are those right. things we're like watching for them in these movies now yeah. the one saving grace of this film is that because the cast is predominantly black you lose a lot of the overt racist stuff that came out mm-hmm. in comedies of the 1990s including pg-13 yeah. movies right right mm-hmm. like i gotta i'm gonna give a credit to this film in the fact that the way that it handles white people is stunning because it is mm-hmm. actually there's some really sharp satire in the mix here the way in which the principal, them getting the names the, wrong over dude, and the over the flip museum oh, yeah. incredible Oh yeah, that's a great recurring joke. Oh no, the, I loved that. The the wax museum joke, they, but that obviously Colonel Sanders on it. That's Willie Nelson. That's fucking funny. But I'm saying, like, yeah. in terms of sharp satires, the way the principal, the white principal, mm-hmm. acts towards each of them based on what yeah. he sees on the file right, and right. makes judgment calls. Yep. Mm-hmm. The cop coming into the jail cell, you know, the juvie guy. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Riker or whatever his name Riker, was. Yeah, Riker coming in and saying you're all free to go and then giving them a speech anyway is like the most, like I have heard that speech from cops like this. That's like the most cop thing of all time is like, (laughs) you guys were around trouble somehow. I know it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Fuck you. Like I'm free. Get out of my way. Yeah. Nothing to do with you anymore. There's like the serious, the sort of serious things that get bought in there. Then of course you have like characters with names like skip Wankman. You know, which after <laughs> which after watching like nearly two hours of horny teachers wanting to fuck their oh that was first of all that's like four minutes of the film get out of here look I mean oh oh do you know what? emotionally it feels like more yeah seriously I'll, I'll agree with you I'll we're we're, you. we're talking about trauma today on uh yeah. Yeah, just, today we're talking about trauma <laughs> work that body Jesus. work that body do you know that's why nobody has sung class acting why I feel like we've we have to do something. Probably do, yeah. Uh, do you know why Rhea Perlman is in this movie? No, and I was actually wondering that. 
Okay, so I have an answer for that because that's what, that was the question that I texted in all caps to, to Jeff while rewatching this. I was like, why is she? I didn't in make a this move. Movie? So, like, Rhea Perlman at that time was like in Cheers. She'd been on Cheers yeah. for a while. She was like a fucking TV star. Why is she in this movie for like two and a half minutes, like <laughs> wanting to fuck play? And the answer yeah. is simple she's the director's cousin. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's why she's in the movie. There's no I other see. reason. No other reason Wait, who's, why she's there. Who directed this? The director's name is Randall Miller. Uh, you won't be surprised to know that prior to Class Act, he had never directed a yeah. full-length feature film. <laughs> oh, This is a running no thing kidding. with this show. No you get a whole lot of first-timers. So this right. was his first uh, feature-length movie. Um, he had been like, I think one of the producers had seen a short that he had done and tapped him for this so you're dealing with a inexperienced director a screenplay written by children's writers who still found right. plenty of time for homophobia into there um oh and randall miller the director he went on to do uh a direct house guest uh with uh Jams. phil hartman and uh soundtracks uh the sixth man then he did a bunch of tv stuff and then he did that much maligned uh, cbgb's biopic oh oh so Boy, talk about a talk about a career. That's a career. <laughs> that is a career in media. So there's a reason why this movie is uh, 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Because right. look what they started with. They didn't even give this movie a shot. But you had this charisma of kid in play. Oh, good casting. This thing, the casting was built in. It's baked in. It's Pootie Tang is in this movie. <laughs> Pootie Tang is in this movie. Not as Pootie Tang. Tang <laughs> but Pootie Tang is in this movie. You've got a great soundtrack. Pootie Tang, uh, one of the people from Martin, one of the people from Fresh Prince, Kid Play. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, Hillary. was a jam. I, I got to say, I really do think that in terms of just performance, Kid and Play have developed as actors by this point. Like, I think they mm -hmm. really pull off their individual performances better than the earlier films. And I think that's kind of what struck me the first time was like, the subtle shift of them each kind of, for all its faults, the subtle shift of them kind of finding a little bit of the other person in themselves was done in a way that I really didn't feel like was like that heavy handed. And I it, said the it, same it, thing. It gave them some good moments where they got to like yeah. actually act. Yeah, I, look, some of the sight gags and some of the like throwaway jokes, cause this is like a, a you know, a long comedy. Right. And like one of my favorite things in the whole film is something that probably wouldn't have happened earlier in their career. But when they introduce Duncan Penderhues over the intercom is like joining the debate team or whatever that was uh -huh. mm -hmm. the game show team and uh, everyone's clapping and they're looking at him. And so he just starts clapping because he has no idea what's going <laughs> on. Yeah, he's like, Yay! <laughs> he doesn't give a shit at all. Yeah, they're talking cool. about him. Go for him. And uh -huh. You know, things like that where they were like, they were zany when they right. weren't. But the fucking nerd quiz that happens at the end of this thing, like the, <laughs> the, the final, the, speaking of fucking horny on Maine, like the final <laughs> trivia question answer on a teenage trivia debate show, the final thinking. answer is to die is to have a sexual orgasm. 
and against an all girls Catholic school. <laughs> yeah, he recites right. the answer, staring at the partner next to him, just like staring mm -hmm. means. To but, the, but the funniest part is it's supposed to read as an emotional moment where he recalled something she had taught him, which like for me is like and him like coming on to her, you know? He learned a phrase for fuck's <laughs> yeah, sake. That's the accomplishment. The bar is low. It is low. Blade Brown was a jerk. Dude, Blade Brown, yeah, he, was. he was a real jerk and he turned it around with the love of a good woman. Exactly. And the he, help was a bad, he was a dead flower, dude. Came <laughs> back to life. Which is sexy, apparently. She is. At least she didn't have to change for him, you know? They they reverse greased it. Yeah. Reverse <laughs> 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 greased it. <laughs> oh, that's oh great. Oh, God, that's perfect. That's, a good, that's great. That's a great line. Class act. Work that body. I also <laughs> love that. Look, I also <laughs> love that the, the um, Demita had her own theme song. Oh, yeah, Blade Brown, Blade Brown had a theme song. Mm -hmm. The stupid Cynthia doo, 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 <laughs> for the bad guys. Uh -huh. Oh man, like too few yeah. movies have soundtrack, different soundtracks for different characters. Exactly. That's like, oh, that's such good stuff. This movie gets music right. It definitely does. Like, oh, you know, man. you get like fucking like, Shabba Ranks, fucking Shabba Ranks, Moni Love, you get hammered twice. Uh, Two hammers. I think it's the same mm -hmm. hammer song twice, right? <laughs> it's yeah. the same song both times. <laughs> We're going to pay for a second hammer song. They're like, it's too Fuck expensive. That. We're just going to play it twice. Just run it back. Use <laughs> <laughs> like a different problem. Use a different part. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Like the music is so well done in this, and then they devoted an entire song to Pauly Shore as the weasel. Oh my yeah. god! So like, that was another case where they just had a comedian on. The comedian just did his act. Yeah. And their oh, yeah. reaction to him asking if they'll perform one song at this weird talent show, I guess it was. How the mm -hmm. fuck did Pauly Shore know anything about their talents in this movie? Nobody had seen their fucking talents. <laughs> yeah, he says he heard it on the street. Fucking great. Nobody it. knows who Blade whole, Brown is, and he's the time, most infamous dude. person in town. Yeah, dude. Like everyone was hearing about him, but no one knew what he. No one knew what he looked like. like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What?" I believe Blade Brown was a ninja. <laughs> oh damn! And got maybe caught. he maybe he was just locked up for so long, and he just forgot they about him. But, but also, also, he was like a teenager. <laughs> yeah, he, right. They specifically say he's not eighteen, so he's seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Like how long was he away for? He can't have been away for that long. I mean, he they have that reputation. Right. Also, remember he's thirty. Because he's macking. He's supposed to be <laughs> macking it to all these girls, which is why you know Demita's interested in him in the first place. You know, it's because she heard about him. Even though she's going, she thinks yeah, that would have to be recent enough. Yeah. So, like, I mean, he can't have been in it for that long. Like, I don't understand how someone could be that infamous and be completely anonymous. <laughs> like, so, I, that's that's part of what makes me what makes me reject this movie because all that stuff happens early. You start asking all mm -hmm. these very serious questions early, and then Paulie Shore shows up, and you go, "Oh fuck it, who cares?" <laughs> this is right. exactly why I picked it. It's why I love this movie. It's because you are fed a plot, and then at the end, they're like, "Oh, by the way, now it's fucking over." That's. <laughs> yeah. Everything is crazy, and in the middle of it, too, you get an anti-drug manifesto. Yeah. I was, I I was thinking earlier about how you can use Wedge's character arc as a marker for how insane the movie's getting. 
So like on one end of the spectrum, whenever he's playing it straight, like he's like a big tough guy and you're supposed to be. Yeah. He's still relatively grounded. But then by the time you get to the end where he's just like cracking like MCU style one-liners and crying against Mink, like, and you don't take him seriously. (laughs) He's a broken man. (laughs) Yeah, he's very broken. Um, But like you can totally track the rest of the movie going off the rails with that character progression, I feel. It's 100% agree. And like your boy Mink comes in and is just slap happy. He's just smacking the shit out of this giant idiot. That poor guy. (laughs) He he like literally hit him every chance he could. And and he he hit him once and then just hit him right afterwards. He was just like clap, clap. And was like, damn, dog. (laughs) There's a man behind this actor. (laughs) (laughs) You're about to get fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> um, also does so mink's lair that they bring wedge to to torture him right it like kind of looks like it's maybe a warehouse or like a subway tunnel until on mink in which case he has like this scar face vaulted ceiling directly behind him and like columns it's so, like one side <laughs> is like, utter disrepair and then a mansion i'm just trying to figure out like where the fuck they live <laughs> Just like it's not like the fucking penguins lair in like the second Batman movie. Like it's like yeah. they just drove around until they found an empty lot and we're like, oh, they're right. building something here. Perfect. Yeah. We're halfway done. <laughs> Gorilla filming. <laughs> we use this. But the wax museum, I got to go back to the wax museum because Please. like all the things they do of like close-ups on all of the wax characters, like there's your nutty professor, there's uh-huh. you know, like there's bam, fucking bam. Louis Armstrong. Bam, oh, bam. The Louis Armstrong gag is one of my favorite things in the movie. It's a it's great. Yeah, it's really shit. I laughed my ass off at that point because I was like, I love that it. is fucking. Like that's just when you're fully committing to the absurdity of all this, but you know that brings yeah. up a point to me, which is like we haven't talked nearly enough about the best part of this movie, which can, is can I? You can see, do it. It's Dougie Doug. It's fucking Dougie Doug. He's incredible. <laughs> he steals the show. He does. Yeah. He really does. This should have been Dougie Doug's movie. This should have just yes. been the Dougie Doug movie. He's more interesting than anybody on that screen. Every time he's on there, he's hysterically funny. The frog. Mm-hmm. The frog. The frog alone. Oh, God. Hey, Mr. Froggy, want a lick? Want a lick? <laughs> I thought you was going to play with my frog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like beating my bed. I'm laughing so hard at this clown. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, he was just perfect. Oh, no. The Buster Douglas line. And like he had so many good lines, and then of course, just like when you first meet him, he's like, "You sit in my favorite seat." Oh man, you sit in my second favorite seat. Uh, That's Uh, the kind of shit that happens. It's do we reveal? Do we reveal the highlight of my day to the guests? If you'd like to, I wasn't going to bring it up. It's really it's it's for you. But if you want, I know. But I I feel like it's. I feel like the world can know about this, or you can cut it later. Whatever. Yeah. Are we getting the trauma? No, this is this is anti-trauma. I was having a really awful day. Okay. And I was like, I'm gonna be ready for the for the podcast. We're gonna laugh, we're gonna have joy, it's gonna be great. But I'm really mad today. And Gary got me a cameo from Dougie Doug. Oh shit. And he said he opened the cameo with you sitting in my favorite seat. And I like lost my mind. I was like, this is the greatest oh, thing that's ever happened. Cool. Oh shit. 
That is the best really gift cool. ever. I'm like, I feel like you have to open up the podcast with the audio of the cameo. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's per, it's personal, man. It's personal. It's it is. Personal. Oh shit, he's personal. got like deep words about him. He no. talks to me. He really it, is like Jeff. It is and to me a too. special thing. Nice. Yeah, he's amazing. He talks to Gary as well. No, it's, and, you know, it's incredible. And, and then he sings the cool running song. It's like an amazing. He did sing the cool. <laughs> what a what a cameo. No, yeah. he's quite reasonably priced on cameo too. So if you guys, you know, in the spirit of male friendship, if you guys want to get each other uh, cameos, consider Dougie Doug. Hell yeah. I've actually, I've always wanted to get a cameo. I've never done it. Yeah. Right. I can't believe they do that. That's cool. I'm like, dude, I'd be doing it all the time. It's like the actors only fans. It's like, you got nothing going on. Just do some cameos. You know, like I, I think cameos interesting thing because you can sometimes watch cameo and get a little sad about it and just be like, Oh man, like what's going on? What are you doing on there? But at the same time, like, um, I've used it to I've used it a couple times to just to give gifts to people, especially in the past yeah. two years when you can't see anybody. It's like, wouldn't it be nice if you got if you got somebody uh, a Dougie Doug? That's the first one I ever got, and it was an absolute delight. Much yeah. like Dougie Doug in the film. Like every time he shows up, you're like, Yes, this scene's gonna be fun. <laughs> Uh, you, see, you see, guys, I don't pay Jeff, so you know it's. Uh, <laughs> it's like a cameo. Give him a little something. You know exactly before he starts <laughs> talking about unionizing or some shit. Like we just got <laughs> <be able> to <laughs> <it. laughs> unions of unpaid laborers. Uh, just yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people toiling in the cabbages fields, uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, um, I'm sorry. There's a part where they're talking about money in in a uh, class act. And he's going through all the different slang for money. And he says cabbage. And when I was watching it, mm. I was literally like, roll credits. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> yeah. Every time you hear cabbage in a movie, you got to like do a shot. I was hoping Gary would notice. To... And I don't think he did. I was fucking high watching these movies. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not mad at you. I just, you never did. But like, there was something that really just fucking got to me. The, the dissertation scene. Yeah, we talked about that earlier today too. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like real, big time. It transcends the level of this, the kind of horniness, the pervasive horniness in this movie. God, this is a horny fucking movie. It's really, horny. it really is. It's like he is presented. There's a lot of porno setups, and then nobody, nobody bangs. <laughs> this is the worst porno I've ever seen. But by that same <laughs> extension, is like, like he stays up all night. To like basically like write about about cars and engines and shit mm-hmm. for a thing that is on human reproduction reproductive behavior. Mm-hmm. So, and then only when it comes to the very end is it prompted that like oh because where do people have sex? Right. Like, yeah, but like I that thought, wasn't yeah. his intention. Like, there's something that's fucking fried my brain in that moment of just like there's no way that you get from that point A of I come home from being out at clubbing all night to stay up until the hour, early hours to work on this presentation about cars for my dissertation on <laughs> human health. sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like the Cronenberg yeah. wrecked this shit? What the fuck is happening? The depth and quality of the script has been covered, Gary. We understand. <laughs> this is fucking kid well, in the, place crash. <laughs> does, it count that they, does it count that they bring it back when... Hillary from Fresh Prince is like, oh, I want to like do something wild, and she hands him the condom, and then he's like, come on, and he takes her to the car. Oh yeah, she gets <laughs> yes. off that one line. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, like they're bringing it back. 
it's it's a weird joke to decide to bring back because it's like yeah. so, you know what i mean they were like just like, I can, double, double down i guess i can just see the writers like oh yeah like that's exactly what should happen <laughs> like, yeah. they're like fuck yeah we're just fucking writing it <laughs> you know like there's like a mountain like, of drugs yeah. next to them they're like you know we yeah. back the car right <laughs> they just have the bill o'reilly moment where they're like don't write it we'll just do it live <laughs> yeah i mean look that explains what the actual ending of this movie you know where the suddenly they're in a dead white space talking to the camera for the first time in this entire fucking movie <laughs> Like Bugs and Daffy. That's the idea of just like, we don't know how to end this movie. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to like suddenly now kid and player talking to you, the moviegoer. So oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I don't think they needed it either. Like, I feel like no, they didn't. They didn't use it to wrap up any plot points that they didn't no. wrap up naturally in the movie. They just like, oh, let's put a fucking epilogue on. They could have ended this movie with kids, parents fucking, but instead they had to cut away to go to this bullshit. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> What they did do is introduce a bias in the film where this version of the film with Blade Brown being such sort of a magnanimous dick for most of the film is told from Pender Hughes's uh, recollections. Mm-hmm. Dude, this isn't fucking, Blade Brown is no. like, I want to tell you my, my version of the story, which is probably going to paint him as more of a, of a hero. And Pender mm-hmm. Dude, so I wonder how much of this is even real. Dude, this isn't fucking Rashomon. Calm down. Okay, but I would I would love a uh, a Lion King one and a half style where like Blade does tell his side of the story. I don't want I don't want a full fucking length of it. I don't want a full length. But I go get a give me thirty minutes. I would like. I actually would be more interested in Timon and Pumbaa's uh, (laughs) version of class act. To be fair, I would take that. Yeah. I just need more from these characters. No, I'm done with these characters. I'm <laughs> fucking done with these characters. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I knew you were going to hate that alternate oh, reality. God. It's fucking nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. I knew it. Can we just vote? I'm done. Can we vote? No, we can't vote. No, <laughs> there's so much more to talk oh, about. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Let's I already know I lost this week. Line. I already know I lost this week. Just fucking go. Listen, 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 listen. Let's lay it on the fucking line. Okay, I need to know where we stand. Who's okay. the better rapper, kid or play? Oh, that's hard. I was because you you've seen earlier. even more than we have. Yeah. But in house party, uh, play kind of gets played. Yeah, a couple times. He really does. And but then in this thing, one, to me, like, uh, play. I thought that play brought it in this one totally in class act. He really like totally. came in. But I don't he was know. A much hard. better rapper. It's hard being in a duo ourselves and me saying what of another duo who's the better rapper. Right. It, it feels it feels like it has a little sting to it. But okay, so here exactly. That's fair. I, I I think I have a bias that we all have to acknowledge is that like kid is the nerdier of the two, without a doubt. Mm. Like he leans into that. Yeah. So I almost think that super nerdy aesthetic, when he starts rapping and he's actually pretty good. It's like because you don't expect it to come out from him, you give him some points. I feel like some extra points. Mm-hmm. Are they re- are they really warranted from like a technical perspective? No, I don't no. know, but I think <laughs> I, I really I have an know. answer for you. Apparently, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. but I think that like the aesthetic actually plays into my personal opinion because I think I was going to vote kid. 
Mm. Wild. You know, I don't really think that there's an answer per se. I just really, Mm. I like that question. How does kids suddenly have fucking superpowers in this movie? Mm. How is this kid who fucking transferred schools because he couldn't pass physical education end up being this like preternaturally gifted football kicker and how is the same dweeb football for stanford this fucking same dweeb able to land that incredible punch in the wax museum (laughs) yeah he like Uh, flies through the air like like crouching tiger hidden dragon shit (laughs) it's because he believes in himself now a lot of people uh have cited this movie as like a big influence on uh, crouching tiger Nobody, nobody ever had anything to say about this movie. I don't. Prove me wrong, Gary. Prove me wrong. This episode of our podcast is the most anyone has talked about class act in the past fucking 20, 30 years. 30 years. Class act! Um, I do, I do want to say I want to see this trope retired. The kid who's good at math can suddenly play sports because of it. Yeah, right. Um, because I've been seeing yeah, like, iterations like the there's one in fucking Drake and Josh where mm-hmm. Josh can play pool because he knows how to do geometry. I'm like, we get it, sure. all right? Like nerds can be athletes. Like, let's just retire that. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Uh, and the, the there's a larger trope at hand there too, where like with sports in general you don't normally see somebody just immediately become good at basketball but for some reason they can like kick they can be a (laughs) kicker like oh i played soccer when i was young so i can kick a a football a totally different shape and weight uh you know 45 yards yeah easily i can just do that because it's so easy to do it's the kind of thing that you (laughs) can get it's the kind of thing you get away with in an actual cartoon I've been right. watching the uh, the Lilo and Stitch animated series, and uh, like uh, I'm a big Kids in the Hall fan. Kevin McCarthy is uh, in every episode; it's fucking hmm. awesome. But there's this episode where like his character Beakley, he like is gets all the sports wrong, like in the sports themed episode, but suddenly realizes that the game that he played on his home planet is identical to basketball, and so <laughs> actually he's really good at it. I'm like Jesus. Right, right. It's well, a cartoon, but it's scenario, a cartoon. It's a cartoon. At least in that scenario, the person had had some sort of like experience in a like sport. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He's at also, least there's something to work off of. This is literally this kid has never seen a football. Yeah, he's also one-eyed <laughs> kick at 45 yards. He's also a one-eyed alien with two tongues. So like, yeah, I can suspend disbelief, but I've got this yeah, fucking exactly. I've got this 49 year old. That, like fucking <laughs> guys showing up, like just being like, "Yeah, I can kick a ball if I lick the wind and throw grass around." <laughs> That's exactly right. Like, but it's, if I throw grass around, this is the same movie. This is the same movie that fucking just has like a dog shit splat effect at one point for no reason, and it no. never recur- There's never any reason why it was mentioned other than I no. stepped in something. Did you got dogs? This fucking this smell. It's a dog shit. Really? <laughs> like, oh yeah, the, that dog shit moment is kind of crazy. Like, why is it there? <laughs> yes, this is. These are the things that broke my brain. And again, I have to say, like, having watched this the first time, being t- too high to watch it, and the second time being less, but still pretty high. Like, I, it was those things, these little things, that just made my brain go, "What the fuck? Why is this?" There was at times it seemed like the actors or or whoever were, the comedians were allowed to do whatever they wanted. 
Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't. Know? Did they write the Uncle Theopolis bit? No, there's no way that they wrote the Uncle Theopolis. It's got to be Dougie that Doug. That was so funny, though. Dougie Doug did that, that shit on so his own, good. and it was great. Yeah, that was too good. They were like, "Come on." <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I think on my watch through, I was actually, you know, I think it's interesting because coming off of House uh, House Party to Class Act, whereas you guys did the opposite, you did Class Act and then House Party. Yeah, right. I was just so enchanted by what I saw as like an improvement in Kid and Plays, like mm-hmm. actual performance, that I feel like I overlooked a lot of these things until we started talking about it, and then I'm like, oh wait, that is actually kind of fucking weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, no, the the movie's not good, and it's not weird you know it, it, it is weird and there are things that are just totally unex- inexplicable like uh <clears throat> this dude sits down and listens to like two hours of this inmate's story to pass the time right uh-huh and at the end he's like hey the throwaway character in the beginning of this thing with the big boobs you think i could you think i could holler at that Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and he's just like, <laughs> and then it's like a central part of the end of the movie. He's like, oh no, they're yeah, gonna go to Hawaii like, because she met a man and can just tell the principal what to do for no reason. Right? <laughs> I love at the end of the the game show when everyone's cheering, the principal goes and like hug her, his assistant, and she's yes. like, "Don't fucking touch me." Yeah, she <laughs> gives like, him the like the the, the the Heisman, and then starts mm-hmm. making out with the guard who yeah. is a quick worker. Yeah, right. Like, That's not that long that. after he's let them out of jail. Mm-hmm. On the bright side, it seems like her pedophilia is cured, though. So that's like that's a win. <sighs> you yeah, know, you, you wipe the sweat from your brow on that one. <laughs> it's <sighs> the little victories that make this movie great. It's fucking propaganda is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> fucking pigs. Can we vote? I hate this movie. <laughs> you just voted i just did yeah i think here's the thing here's the thing okay i'm gonna i'm gonna just uh, take a step back because it's time to vote and i'm gonna say my piece and my piece is is fairly simple it's i did not go into this thinking this was going to be like a horrendous movie and it was not a horrendous movie i came in this movie with expectations based on having watched the first couple house party movies and my genuine appreciation when i was younger for the music of Kid and Play. So when I go in to watch this thing, I felt like the whole time that this movie was like just not written for them. This was written wrong. It was moving them away from what actually I had enjoyed about them so much that I'm like, oh. And then it's just the thousand little things that I've raised over the course of this episode that just maybe by the end of it, just be like, I have too many questions that make me crazy to be able to call this a good, bad movie. So I'm just going to call it a fucking bad, bad movie. Hmm. Should I, should I go ahead and vote and then we'll leave it to them? That's correct. Okay. I'm ready to vote. Yeah. Vote. I'm looking to you, Gary. Don't turn your back. Don't look at me. My heart and my soul. I believe that I am a class act. Work that body. <laughs> Work that body. Class act. Work that body. Yeah. Work that body. I have never wished for a video stream on a Zoom call more than I do right now. <laughs> oh, you said it, and I heard the art of it. It is art. <laughs> it's art. My votes. It's a great. It's a great bad movie. Ooh. Is it bad? Good movie. Good bad movie. Good. good bad bad movie. Movie. It's a good bad movie. 
It oh, is, oh, dude. Oh. I really like it. It, despite all of its like weird freaking, you know, things that don't make sense. It like didn't matter because I was in it. Like I was on the ride. You know, like it just like took me. I was in the world. I was like they were living with him. So, I'm thumbs up in it. Thumbs up. All right. So that's right. that's Bad two. That's two up. versus one so far. Joe. Oh. A lot of pressure right now. No. Um, I think because I watched House Party recently and I realized it wasn't as good as I thought it was when I was younger, it shook my confidence in the kid and play movies. And I came into class act with a really low expectation, kind of opposite of you, Gary. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be shit. And I think I was pleasantly surprised. So despite its occasional problematic messaging <laughs> i think it was a good bad movie mm. well there you have it <laughs> Sing Gary, it. The fuck off my show episode over <laughs> oh Work that body, work that body, classic. Yes, 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 yes. Classic. Listen, listen, Mm -hmm. listen. Your argument didn't work, Gary. I was correct. It was the right pick at the right time. The stars aligned on this one. You have to understand. Everything was going my way. There was no way I could lose that one. Even with your incorrect uh, pick of bad bad movie i was destined to win this week it was destiny it's fine it's fine is it it's fine i i'm fine with it like are you we're well we're tied now fine we're tied it's work that body work that body (sighs) (laughs) that's fine jeff classic do you know why it's fine do you know why it's fine yeah let me do you want me to quote a couple things well first of all Mm-hmm. One of our guests called it a great bad movie. Okay. Yeah. One of them went so far as to say class act is better than house party. I'm going to quote that better than house party. I could not disagree with that more. Huh? Mm. What a shock. The wrong person is wrong again. It's fine. It's fine. It's an off week. It's, it's not mm. something to be concerned about. And I'm fine with it. I'm okay uh-huh. with this. I'm I'm coming to terms. I'm at peace with this because I know what the next movie is. Is a class act two. They didn't make a class act two. Oh shit! It is a sequel of some sort. I Listen, suppose. I had to get my gloating in because I get the feeling the dark times are coming. Well, this I is hope, a never-ending winter for me. I have to say that having watched like Class Act and uh-huh. Hot to Trot. Uh-huh. And tremors, these sophomoric children's movies, essentially. Okay, first I'm, of all, you got to you got to keep Tremors' name out of your mouth if you're not going to identify it correctly. No, thank you. These sophomoric children's movies that we've been watching, oh. I, I grow tired of this. I grow tired oh, of these boy. films. I feel like it's time oh, for God. us to be adults. 
Yeah, we're not allowed to have fun on this podcast. No, we've had lots of fun, Jeff, but I think we can still have fun and watch some movies for grownups. Grownups. Yes. Oh, no. No, it's not grownups, is it? No, a movie for grownups, not the movie okay. grownups, because grownups is not a bad movie. So it would not even qualify for this. Grownups 2 probably is. Grownups 2 is decidedly worse than Grownups 1. Okay. I, <laughs> okay. I will I figure as much. <laughs> oh, no, it is. Um, even though I think they play it like for every hour on the hour at fucking TBS or whatever, <laughs> two specifically. Um, yeah, and I saw both of those in the theaters, general. But no, okay. um, we're going to watch a movie for adults this time. Okay. And when I say adult, I okay. mean adult. Oh, no. We are going to watch 1993's erotic thriller, Sliver. Oh. Oh, Sliver? Starring Sharon Stone, William This is a late night HBO specialty, buddy. And Tom Berenger. Oh, man. I know this film. I've seen this film. Okay. I am... Did you know it has 11% on Rotten Tomatoes? I cannot believe it's that high. This movie is pure drivel. Just absolute garbage. And it's weird because a lot of people are kind of at the height of their powers. And like, this is what happened to them. I have been looking forward... It's hard to be excited about this. I have been looking forward to springing this movie on you for some time. Mm. And I've been looking forward to asking you... Uh, this a question move that's a move the question i'd like to ask you is do you like to watch that's the tagline for the movie i know it is watch this oh well let's do it man it's the cabbages podcast network <laughs> 